I hope y'all's day has been blessed, or if you're just getting started, will be blessed. My name is Katrika. I am your host. If you have never listened, Live Truth exists to encourage women to know Jesus, to love Jesus, and to live truth and live it boldly. In this episode, number five, which is our KICK episode, the acronym for KICK stands for Keep It In Context. And we do this by kicking out scripture that's commonly known as being taken out of context, and we give the author's intended meaning. In these episodes, we'll also learn biblical interpretation, how to study God's word, learn terms um, used in the study of God's word, and tools will be given to help aid you in the study of God's word. And so in this episode, we'll be examining the the famous Matthew 7, 1, judge not lest you be judged. (laughs) So believers and non-believers alike use this verse quite often from my experiences more so than not when you know it's time to address sin and if we're not to address sin at all which we know or we're going to find out is not what God's word is instructing and so you'll probably hear me say this in every kick episode this is why we interpret scripture in light of all scripture and what I mean by that is not just taking a verse and coming up with an interpretation but looking at God's word what God's word is saying as a whole about the topic. So let's dive into the text and look at the context of the theme of um, for Matthew. And so as we discussed in our first ep- um, kick episode, the theme of the book of Matthew is Jesus being the long-awaited Messiah, the um, long-awaited King of God's people, his ministry, the future plans for the church and the kingdom. Then in chapters 5 through 7 in Matthew, we have what's known as the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus is speaking to his disciples and the crowd of people that had gathered there, um, giving them an outlook on what true righteousness is. So the theme of the Sermon on the Mount is righteousness. And some of the people in the crowd were Pharisees, which um, we also discussed in our first kick episode. And they were in an influential group of Jews whose names means set apart ones. They were sincere, but they were misled. They believed that religious, religious ritual and separation from common centers was the way to please God and prepare for his coming. And as a rule, they did not accept Jesus as a Messiah. And ultimately, they were concerned more about following rituals versus the heart of righteousness righteousness that Jesus is Jesus prefers for us and so as a result they made false judgments regarding themselves um, Jesus and others and so this will help us to see why Jesus is having this discussion on judgment and so that's the context leading up to Matthew 7 1 in which in which I will read down to verse 5 and it reads do not judge so that you will not be judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with that same measure you measure, it will be measured to you. Why not? Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And so right after this context is a standalone verse that would seem like a contradiction in God's word. Jesus tells them in verse 6, not to give what is holy to dogs and do not throw your pearls before swine lest they trample them under your feet and turn and tear you into pieces. And so an example of this would equate 
to us sharing the gospel with someone that's continuing to reject it. And so in order to know whether or not we should continue, we need to judge the situation which lets us further know that verse one is not telling us not to judge. And so when we look at verse one and the surrounding verses, Jesus is telling us to judge, not ju to not judge with a hypocritical judgment, wherein we're looking at other sins and we have the same sin or any sin that may need to be repented of ourselves. So we have to examine our lives before um, we confront our brothers and sisters regarding their sin. When we don't, it will cause us to not be able to see clearly to be able to help others. We want our sin to grieve us more than anybody else's. We want to look at our sin as R.C. Sproul puts it. Our sin is comic treason towards God. And so we also want to be sure that as Jerry Bridges put it in his book, Respectable Sins, we need not equate our opinions, opinions with truth. And then... Um, one thing I was guilty of before is what's called doctrinal judgment, which um, Jerry Bridges mentions in his book as well. And he states, and quote, because we do believe so strongly in the importance of sound doctrine, we can become easily hypercritical of those with, with whom we disagree. We should express our disagreements, but we should do so in a way that does not degenerate into character assassina assassination, close quote. And so when I was introduced into the doctrines of grace, although this is what I believe regarding God's sovereignty and salvation, I didn't understand it biblically, but knew it was what I had experienced in salvation. When I fell into cage stage, which I was warned about, <laughs> because I wanted every I wanted everybody to believe the same thing I believe, it's just not reality. Um, and so it's a non-negotiable. So I had to learn that I can't force my theological convictions off on others and not be critical of theirs as long as it's not a heaven or hell issue. And so I do highly recommend this book because a lot of times we do focus on the outward sins and sometimes dismiss the sins that, you know, Jerry speaks about in this book, like anxiety, frustration, discontentment, you know, unthankfulness, pride, selfishness, impatience, irritability anger like the pharisees focusing on the outward we don't want what we don't want that we want what's that inward transformation that flows outwardly and so i'll be sure to put the title and the author of that book in the show notes if you're interested in it all right so back on topic um another passage that speaks about judging is john 7 24 which tells us to judge with a righteous judgment in judging with the righteous judgment we want to be sure we're not condemning anybody to hell whether they're saved or unsaved um when sharing the gospel with an unbeliever we do mention the consequence of hell for their sin and not repenting and placing their faith in christ but we do not have the right to condemn anyone to hell because Jesus has not returned and God can do a great work in anybody's life in any moment. And so again, there's a difference regarding warning about judgment versus condemning. So there again, it's always hope as long as they are here and Christ has not returned. And we by far should not want anybody to go to hell, but to be able to experience the glorious grace of the gospel that we are able to experience right now um, if you are born again. And so although this is where we are nine times out of ten hit with Matthew 7 1 when we're addressing sin or giving the gospel in these cases when we're calling people to repentance and faith in Christ it's actually not us judging it's God's word speaking for itself because in Hebrews 4 12 we're reminded for the word of God is alive and active sharper than any two-edged sword not to mention the fact when it comes to unbelievers saying we are judging Jesus tells us in John three eighteen. 
Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And so this is why we call them to repent because unbelievers already stand condemned in the eyes of God if they do not repent and place their faith in Christ. Other instances in the Bible where we have been called to judge are 1 Corinthians 2, 15 through 16. We are to judge sin within the church. Um, 1 Corinthians 6, 5 tells us we are to judge matters between the brethren. Um, we are to judge prophecies, 1 Corinthians 14, 29. Ephesians 5.11 tells us to expose evil. We are to reprove, rebuke, and exhort. 2 Timothy 4.2. Um, 4, We're to judge false prophets and apostles. 2 Peter chapter 2, um, 1 John 4.1, and Revelation 2.2. 2. And to top it off, there is an entire book of the Bible called Judges. Okay? <laughs> I think y'all get the point. And again, these are all judgments to be made within the church, taking very careful consideration that it is done, again, with the right judgment regarding our brothers and sisters that may be in sin. Um, and I like how Warren Wiersbe puts it, and quote, we should not pass judgment on others' motives. We should examine their actions and attitudes, but not judge their motives, for only God can see their hearts. It is possible for a person to do a good work with a bad motive. It is also possible to fail in a task and yet be sincerely motivated. When we stand before Christ at the judgment seat, he will examine the secrets of our heart and reward us accordingly. And that's Romans 2.16 and Colossians 3.22-25. So again, we are to look at actions and attitudes and align them with God's word when it comes time to address sin. If we have sin in our own lives, again, nine times out of 10, I'm not going to restore you gently by ministering to you because my heart is hard. You know, obedience is synonymous with joy and peace. I will almost guarantee you that if we have some unconfessed sin, we are lacking joy and peace and will not be able to have the humble heart we need to have while addressing our brother or sister's sin. So it's so easy for us to become um, critical of one another and pharisaical from possibly, once again, having a heart hard from heart, heart, hard heart <laughs> from bitterness unforgiveness have a critical spirit maybe because we have not been abiding in christ the way that we should in prayer and in the word and that makes it easy for us to look at the flaws of others instead of our own so i can see why jesus gave us this word that we should adhere to but we must keep it in its proper context or we'd be running around here doing what we want with no accountability and that's that's it's just not the will of the lord for our lives we need community we need accountability and the world needs the gospel so we are to judge um and so i'm coming to a close with two passages as an example of what our heart posture should be like if we have to address sin Ephesians 1, 4, and this is Paul speaking with the church, um, states, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, calling to you, worthy of the Lord, calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And then Titus 3, 2 through 3 states, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy toward all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. 
And so I pray that when we do have to come to our brothers and sisters, that we pray. I mean, pray, 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 and ask the Lord to prepare our hearts, guide our words. We examine ourselves. We make sure we know what we're talking about (laughs) and go with the word of God, not our opinions. And again, make sure our heart posture is where it needs to be. If you are a professing believer, there is no way to avoid controversy because a lot of times we just don't want to deal with it. Um, but unless you're going to be this, that's unless you're going to be disobedient to God, that's the only way that you're going to avoid controversy. Jesus was controversial because we have a con- countercultural message. We have countercultural values, morals, and principles that we are called to live by. So let's continue to pray for one another for more love, for boldness, grace, mercy, compassion, while walking it like we talk it because we want to continue to um, be good testimonies whatever we're talking you know we're, we're speaking truth we want to be living truth y'all and so just a reminder when studying God's word when we study scripture we always want to consider how the passage fits with the rest of the bible which means we interpret scripture in light of all scripture not taking one passage building doctrine from it we want to consider the historical cultural and geographical background of the text who the author um, is, and their audience. We, um, What do the verses say before and after? What do the chapters before and after the verse say? And so I pray this episode has blessed you, as I always say. And if it has, please share on social media with friends and family, and please, please write and review on um write a review and rate on apple Podcasts. it's the only place that you can write a review um but you can also subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts so that you'll be notified when a new episode drops um i'll also i also would love to hear your feedback my contact information will be in the show notes which will also have other recommended resources to help you study god's word uh ladies if you would like for me to flesh this out a little more or would like to discuss other episodes or just anything um feel free to join our facebook group um called Sisters Living Truth or just reach out to me by email. If there's anyone that's listening and you know you stand condemned as we discussed and now aware you have sinned against God and know the consequences is to face his wrath. But praise be to God, we have a mediator that has torn down the wall of hostility between us and God who came into this world, born of a virgin who was also God, lived a sinless life and died a brutal death, rose three days later conquering sin and death on our behalf. Will you please place your faith in Christ and repent of your sins today by changing your mind, turning away from your old way of living. If you have made this important decision, please reach out to me so that I can rejoice with you and walk alongside you. Again, my information will be in the show notes. And that's it. All right, y'all. Lord willing, I'll see y'all next week when I drop the last episode for the summer, which will be How to Live a Truth-Led Life. Grace and peace. I love y'all dearly.